0: Welcome to the Unapologetic Designer Podcast where we chat controversial design topics and expose the raw truth about life as a designer. Grab your favorite snack and a drink for this storytime episode about my first ever client project. I actually went back into my messages and took a screenshot just for this recording so I can explain to you guys exactly how my first client project went down. So this was back in February of 2018, before my business was even registered, before I knew anything about pricing, like, I had no idea what I was doing at this time. This was my legit first ever real life client. This particular client came from a local Facebook group. I saw that she was looking to hire a designer for a logo and I private messaged her on Facebook. I quoted her $75 for a logo. If you're new here, I will let you know that my services as of today start at $7,000. So a $75 logo compared to my packages today is drastically different. But again, this was literally the start of my freelancing journey. Had no clue what I was doing. There were no resources online like there are today and I definitely didn't have any pricing guides to reference. Side note, if you're listening to this right now and you have no idea what to be charging or where to start out with your prices, download our free pricing guide at The Brief Collective. I will drop that link in the description. Anyways, I quoted her and then we ended up having a phone call where she told me that she wanted to move forward Again, I was insanely nervous because this was like my first client. I didn't know how much to charge. I didn't know what to do. I didn't even know what to hardly say on the phone. She just told me that she wanted to move forward and she kind of told me what she was looking for. If you can't tell yet, there was no strategy going on here at all yet. Like none whatsoever. I was just kind of acting as a pixel pusher, bringing whatever idea she wanted to life. So this lady owned a salon and she uses a lot of red flag terms when talking. And when I say red flag terms, I mean, she uses things like funky and pop and things that as a designer, you're like, What the heck does that mean? So she sent me a few reference images over Facebook Messenger and I started working on four different logo concepts. Again, if you're new here, today I only offer full brand identity design packages and I utilize the one concept method. So this entire story is... Like the opposite of what I do now. <laughs> so we communicated through Facebook Messenger. How unprofessional. <laughs> like, do not do that. And I remember sitting in my dorm sketching out ideas for hours and hours and hours because I was just so nervous and I wanted to make sure that I got it right. And, you know, just kind of overthinking everything. And that's just kind of how it is when you get your first legit client. It's a very scary experience and you don't know what they're going to say and you get really anxious and you just want to present your best work to them. So I spent all this time developing these four different logo concepts and I thought that they were really, really strong. Now at this time, I'm in design school, and I'm learning, and my style is starting to really evolve. And this is where I was starting to actually understand what good design was and what it wasn't. So I sent her some logo designs that, in my mind as a designer, were clean and professional. And this is the response I got that same night. Hey, Sorry, so late, just now getting a chance to see them, and I actually am not a fan of any of them. I think it's too plain and too simple. The most done up one was the one with the scissors, and that was the one thing I said I didn't want, so maybe we should regroup in the morning and see if we can get back on the same page so you can make something we like and stay on the budget. I sent a few examples all which had a funky font, none with plain letters, and was hoping that was something you could do or put the name into a triangle or a square with a border around it and it would just be something that pops out to you and stands out. So I'm sure as a designer hearing that message, you're probably like, oh my gosh, this is like a walking red flag. Like all the words coming out of her mouth are red flags. And they really were. Basically, she wanted the exact opposite of good design. And when I say the exact opposite, I mean she wanted everything that they tell us not to do in design school. So after I read that message, I was obviously internally absolutely freaking out, and I'm in my dorm, and I can hardly sleep because this is my first ever client. I got the feedback at 10:30 p.m., at nighttime, I have class the next day, and all I can think about is how I've screwed up this project. So I went to sleep finally, feeling very anxious. I went to class the next day, feeling very anxious, and all I wanted to do was make this right. So I got back into my dorm, I really, really reviewed what she sent over to me, and I ended up sending her a bobby pin with a gradient, that had a sparkle texture on it and a script font. From that description alone, I think you can get the gist that this was not a quote unquote industry standard good design. (laughs) So I sent that and she loved it. She loved it. She loved the thing that I thought was absolutely hideous and knew in my heart was not good design but since she loved it, I was like, okay, great. I sent her the invoice, I sent her the files, and then I ended up moving on and creating a business card for her, and I charged like 30 additional dollars for that. And the business card wasn't as ugly, but basically everything I created for this lady could not be used in my portfolio or on my social media because it was so bad and I hated it and I didn't want to put that out there and put my name on it. Like that's how bad it was. That being said, although she kind of wanted really ugly work, she wasn't a terrible first client and she actually still keeps in touch with me to this day. So if she ever starts another business, and she really wants to invest in it, I have no doubt that she will actually hire me because she has actually inquired with me a few times since then about different things, even though my prices are drastically different. She's actually watched me grow and evolve as a designer since that point in time, and she understands that. So this project taught me a few things as a new designer. The first thing it taught me was that I need to somehow better understand what the client is looking for. And again, there weren't a bunch of online resources like there are today, so I didn't even know how to go about doing that. I just knew that my client needed to give me more visual references so that I could better understand what they were looking for, which is what led me to having clients complete their own mood boards on Pinterest. This project also taught me that doing multiple concepts was a waste of time. I wasted so much time exploring all these different concepts and finalizing them to send her for absolutely no reason when if I better understood what she wanted, I could have presented one solid concept and spent a lot of time on that concept and that had been it. But I didn't realize that I needed to use the one concept method until way later on in my design career. Moving on past this, I had a few more clients after this point that wanted just logo design. And this is when I started to enter the Frankenstein territory. And what I mean by Frankenstein territory is when you deliver multiple logo concepts to clients, they basically 90% of the time will try to just mesh them together and create a concept that's really not as strong. So, I experienced that a few times, and I started working with a few clients through Upwork. And, you know, I had similar experiences where they got multiple concepts and they wanted to mesh them together. Then we went back and forth, and I didn't really have a defined process until I started learning about brand identity design. During that time of me offering multiple logo concepts, I don't think that I can confidently say I ever completed a client project that I felt 100% proud of. I don't think I ever actually did a project with a client that I was totally proud of until I started implementing more strategy and doing brand identity design. And that in itself just goes to show that when you're implementing strategy and making decisions with purpose, outside of just listening to what the client tells you, you can come to a solution that you not only feel proud of, but that works for your client. If you want to learn more about the One Concept Method, I actually have a whole entire episode dedicated to it that I... Did with Haley at Studio Seaside. I also would never, ever, ever let a client inquire about my services through Facebook Messenger nowadays. Like if somebody messages me in the DMs or through Facebook or social media, I redirect them to my inquiry form on my website because my inquiry form is the very thing that not only allows me to gather information about the client before I have a call with them, but it also weeds out people who aren't a good fit for me because my starting price is on my inquiry form. So a lot of times people who just randomly message me or DM me, are not my ideal clients because my ideal clients, my dream clients are the type of people who are gonna take the time to go through my website, seriously look over my services and then take the time to fill out that inquiry form. So I definitely do not do business through Facebook Messenger nowadays and I have an entire streamlined design process with a project management system and everything feels much more professional and I'm able to deliver that five-star client experience that, as you can tell from this episode, I had no clue how to do when I first started. If you're listening to this thinking that you want to learn more about improving your process because you've had similar problems with clients like I had in the past, I highly recommend checking out My Design Biz Academy University at The Brief Collective. If you made it this far in the episode, I want to let you know that I have actually recorded a secret podcast episode titled How to Speak the Language of High-Ticket Design Clients. And you can get access to this episode today and listen to it. If you won't, all you have to do is leave a five star review on my podcast, take a screenshot of it, and DM it to me on my podcast Instagram account, and I'll respond with a link to that secret episode. So it's a good one, really valuable, something I think a lot of people need to know about. And all you got to do to get access is leave me a review on the podcast. I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Unapologetic Designer Podcast. If you'd like to submit your unapologetic design opinions, head over to the link in my description to submit yours anonymously. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can follow our Instagram page or you can sign up to make a monthly donation. I'll see you in the next episode.